0: Montana's on the Daily Sports Talk Show. one is now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Hello. Finally have arrived. The greatest week of the year. Not taking any arguments. Welcome in, Nuanas now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas, coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio with my good friend and colleague, Riley Corcoran. He's the voice of the Grizzlies. You know that's all we're going to be talking about all week long. Montana hosts Montana State, the 120th rendition of the fiercest rivalry in the West. Can't wait to talk all about it. Can't wait to tell you all about the great guest list we got coming up on this show. This is what we live for, man. And uh, everything to this point has lived up to expectations. Pretty cool. Thank you so much for being here, and it's uh, great to be sitting here with you. No doubt about it. We talked about this earlier today, Coulter,
2: but it's been over 100 weeks since we've been able to. Weeks. It's crazy to think about. 103 is officially since the last time that these two took it to the gridiron, and, and it's living up to all the hype that when we were talking on this show July when the preseason polls come out or August in preseason camp, you know, everyone wants to know, what are your what's your prediction? Where are they going to finish? And this entire time, it's more of – we think this is one versus two in the Big Sky Conference. Right. And you know what? This matchup is coming to fruition. Number three against number seven. Everything's on the line, which we'll get into. The Cats have a chance to not leave Bozeman the rest of the way. Probably locked up a first-round bye all the way for the Grizz, potentially playing for a bye already in the playoffs. But there's just so much more on the line, more than just those byes. It's year-long bragging rights, and we all know what's happened in, in recent memory. And uh, a lot of motivation here in Missoula to turn that tide. Well,
0: want to listen to the show somewhere besides the radio? or the traditional television, you can go to our station website, 1029ESPN.com, click on Listen Live, or you can hit us up on YouTube, N-U-A-N-E-Z. we got five days counting today left for you to enter our big fall giveaway. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, that's part of it. You also have to subscribe to the Nuanez Now podcast, and then go follow us on ESPN Missoula, as well as Alpine Touch and Haymaker Beef, on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram's the main one, though. And then once you do that, give us a call. Shoot us a text, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. And just tell us you've entered. What are you going to get if you win? Well, two prize packages. One, an OtterBox and a grill from Twisted Tea. Another, a Traeger Smoker Grill, a Boatload of Alpine Touch, and a Beef Box from Haymaker Beef. We're going to pick the winners on Friday and then give them to you during our pregame tailgate show down there at the Chamber of Commerce parking lot. A lot to get to today. Both Montana and Montana State coming off big wins from over the weekend. So we'll get this thing kicked off with the Montana Football Hour. Also a bunch of high school results. We'll touch on that. Heavy high school coverage later on in the week. Already got a bunch of interviews lined up for you. Usually our interview schedule doesn't come together until about Wednesday. But we already got most of it lined up. So I can tell you right now. Hamilton head coach Bryce Carver will join us later on this week. Billings West head coach Rob Stanton. Missoula Sentinel head coach, uh, Dane Oliver, and uh, we'll probably hear from some others as well. So excited for all of that. It is the greatest time of year, not just because it's rivalry Saturday for Montana, Montana State, but also state championships will be won at all levels of football in the state of Montana next week. And then, of course, our good friend Marty Morningweg is going to swing by. And uh, we're going to do a lot of Bobcat Grizz. We're also going to do a lot of NFL and uh, talk everything in between. Let's jump right into it. The Montana football hour presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. And first I got to, I got to get my little housekeeping. That's my public service announcement that I have to do every year. I know that a lot of people right now are going to be listening to this live as well as around the state of Montana. First of all, I think this is the greatest week of the year because for so many of the people listening to this, it divides you. For me, it brings you all together. It's the easiest week of the year for me from a coverage perspective because I had all the stories in my head since day one, right? Bust the overlap. There's no research. We know these teams in and out. We know the narratives, the matchups, the relationships, all that stuff. So I love this. I don't like the vitriol and the hate that goes into it. I do think sometimes the fans take it over the top. So my number one PSA for the week is be nice to each other. It's okay to have playful banter. In fact, it's great. I love me some smack-talking. I'm a smack-talking guy myself. But be cool, man. Don't let your emotions overrun. Let's keep it cool. Uh, but secondly, they don't call it the Navy Army game. They they call it the Army Navy game, no matter what side you're on. I'm gonna call it Cat is. I know there's a lot that goes into it. Riley's. I mean, he 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 has to. He has to. He has to tout the flag of the Grizz. He's the voice of the Grizz, man. So you're gonna say Grizz Cat? That's all good. I'm just laying that out there too. I'm not saying Cat is because of anything else besides the fact that I know. My alphabet. That's all. (laughs) That's all that it is. And uh, so we'll keep it exactly just like that. But it's
2: not. It's not the Brawl of the Wild.
0: And that's the third PSA. This is not the Brawl of the Wild. There's a variety of other sort of small towns in the United States of America that are much more rural and much less urbanized than Missoula and Bozeman. These are two, like, pretty cool, swanky, modern towns. This I don't feel like I live in the middle of the wild. Like I said in my story yesterday, SportsMT.com. It's not a Jack London novel, so let's get over
2: it. I love that in your primer, which is, a, it got me fired up, right, as I was getting ready for this week, turning the page, the first thing I did was read your preview that you come out with on Sunday of, of, of this matchup, and I thought it was great in the first paragraph, first thing, it was like, getting on the soapbox right away, it's not Brawl of the Wild, I the loved it, that was the wild, first part man. of it,
0: man. I know that it's a catchy thing, and again... If you like it, that's fine. Call it whatever you want. I'm just not calling it that. I think it's corny.
2: I think that it's more of the neutral way to call it, yeah, right? Yeah, that's, but but, that's but right. no, no, no. But what I'm saying is, is that 99 percent of the people following this game have a side. That's so right, even that's though right. it might not be grammatically correct, if you're rooting for Montana Grizz Cat, if yeah. you're rooting for
0: the yeah. Montana yeah, State, yeah. it's totally. Cat Grizz. Totally. That's the way I see oh, it. Oh, it's, it's very colloquial. It's very yeah. indicative of of just the interactions within society. Again, and that's what I'm saying. I'm just, I guess that. A lot of people do identify it by which order you say it in. For me, personally, I'm just not going to go anything. I just call it the fiercest rivalry in the West because I think that's exactly what it is. And last thing, last PSA for you. I'm not making a public prediction this year. Don't ask it. Don't ask (laughs) it. And also, don't ask me who I'm going for. I'm going for the best story. And people think that I'm full of it when I say that. But I was thinking this morning, like how much gratitude I had for the experiences I've had in my life, the opportunity I've had to get to the position that we're in now, and how... So much of that comes from the fact that my parents were very into sports, but they're not from Montana. So they, they had no preconceived notion. My dad didn't even know what Kakaruz was until I was like 16 years old, right? It wasn't like a thing that was even on his radar. So I wasn't raised in this, even though I was raised by this, if that makes sense. And so I feel so fortunate. I was thinking about this this morning. Like, Let's say I got married someday. I would absolutely invite multiple people from both that work at the athletic departments of both sides of this rivalry. You know what I mean? And like people yeah. that are very fiercely involved in it. So, again, that's the best part about this entire thing is uh, just the way that it does bring us together. So, have your fun, talk your smack. It's going to be a great game. Try to keep it a little bit civil, keep it clean, but keep on listening to Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television. Riley Corcoran in the studio with me, Coulter Nuanos. Let's dive into the Montana Football Hour presented by Stockman Bank and Brett's RV and Marine. At Stockman Bank, they invite you to experience the Stockman Difference as a family owned community bank with locations throughout Montana. Stockman Bank is committed to enriching the lives of Montanans and helping our communities succeed. Before we talk college football, quickly, Western Montana is the epicenter of the Montana football universe this next weekend. Very, very cool. At the Class AA level, Missoula Sentinel will host Billings West, one versus two, a rematch of last year's state championship game. That's the first state championship game in the city of Missoula since 1994. Wow. There's only been one state championship game in Missoula, since I have lived in Missoula, and it was the first year that I lived in Missoula. How crazy is that? That
2: is wild, and kudos to both teams because they've had yes, the target is. on their back since August 30th or whenever they played that first time. And it was more of can they st- are they going to get through without stubbing their toe? And both of them did, and they have set out this massive showdown Friday, which is the perfect primer. No question, th- and, I, and I do love the fact that it's in the same location as the game on Saturday first time is, is as well. So long. Yes.
0: This is my last public service announcement for you. If you don't have anything going on, or I would say put a high priority on this, go watch this football game. This is going to be an amazing football game. This is a culmination of marches from both of the sides of this of this sort of brewing rivalry. There's going to be a, a conservative 10 college football players playing in this game, including a half, oh, yeah. probably a half a dozen Division One guys. And some guys that maybe if they continue to rise a little bit are going to be D1 as well. I mean, you already have three Division I commits on Billings West in Caden, Taco Dollar, uh, as well as Riley Bergeson. And you already got uh, uh two Grizz commits, right, in Zach Cruz and, and Joe Wida yep. for Missoula Sentinel. Also, Charlie Kurgan is a great athlete. He's going to Montana Tech for Missoula Sentinel. So my last PSA for you, go watch. Some of the coolest environments I've ever been at in High school football, we're at state championship games, specifically in Butte. If Butte can do it, Missoula can do it. I know that Butte is like next level. Then Butte people are the best sports fans on the earth. But... Missoula, I think we we need to go show out because this is going to be a sweet game. Well,
2: for the first time in 27 years. Come right. on, people. What what more do you want? This is a perfect way to go to the weekend. I know that there's a lot of people in our athletic department that are planning to let's get the weekend started no right there at the state championship game Friday night. Absolutely have to go there. That's not the only state championship, though, that's on the western that's side that's of the exactly
0: state. That's exactly right. And Missoula Sentinel led by former Grizz, Dane Oliver. Yes. Hamilton, they traveled to Laurel. They're led by a former Grizz, Bryce Carver. The Hamilton Bronx are there undefeated. Can they finally snap the streak? Hamilton's been so good. They've been in the final four of the Class A playoffs for six years in a row. They played in the state championship game twice. Got to go on the road and knock out the defending state champs if they're going to get it done. That'll be very fun. And at the Class B level, a matinee on Saturday afternoon. A red hot Big Fork team that was struggling earlier in the year. They're all the way to the state championship, but they got to play a 12 0 Florence Falcons team that won 51 to seven in the semifinals. I saw that score. I was like, they can't be right. for Florence in the uh, semifinals. So we'll circle back around to all that stuff later on in the week. We'll also get to some volleyball coverage tomorrow as well. The All-Class Volleyball Championship was in Bozeman over the weekend. It is the Montana Football Hour presented by Brett's RV and Marine. Brett's RV and Marine has been family-owned for more than 50 years. Stop by 4800 Grant Creek Road. Start your next adventure with the premier RV dealer in Montana. Let's talk about our weekends, Riley. I was in Bozeman. You were in Flagstaff. So we'll start with yours. Uh, this was actually so crazy that we're 10 weeks into the year. This was the first time that the, the Bobcat game and the Grizz game were on at the exact same time.
2: I've noticed been, that just with scoreboard updates this year, right? they staggered
0: a little bit. Usually I can take in the majority of, if not the full game of the of the game I'm not at. And this one was tough because it was the exact same time. So I, I didn't watch the first half of the Grizz game live hardly at all. But then I did get the second half, and then I re it a couple times. But just take us through because that's your first trip to the walk-up Skydome as the Voice of the Grizz. Is that right? Second. My second? first year okay. in
2: 2016, Amazing. though. It was the first time in five years. It's crazy. Crazy. The, the scheduling oddities and everything in between was the first time down there. But for Montana, I mean... Y- Everyone wants to have that creep of doubt of the trap game and looking ahead. Never got that sense at all. This team was focused, dialed in. In AU, was a lot of talk around the week of who was going to be at quarterback, and obviously their dynamic freshman R.J. Dan R.J. Martinez. With him in the game, a lot different, right? But he obviously wasn't able to go. With that being said, this Grizzly defense was able to pin their ears back. They were flying around. And Colter, they've got the momentum because of a streak now, their second streak this year of 10 quarters without allowing a touchdown. I was very impressed by the way that they played throughout the course of the game. The offense put up a ton of yards, but they couldn't quite finish off drives at times. Cam Humphrey looked great a season high in passing yards for him. Cole Grossman, who I know we're going to talk about um he was able to get involved, but he looked def- defensively. You scored two touchdowns. I don't know if you got to see it yet, but the sack, fumble, scoop, and score from Robbie Houck to Pat O'Connell. There's was- no
0: question. It is the it is the photo of the year. Oh, when Tommy I, Martino. When I watched it happen, Props. I saw Tommy in the corner. I said, "Tommy, better get out of the way," because Patrick O'Connell's coming hard. And then Patty saw him and like gives him the 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 two hands. It was such a good photo. That was one of the ones that Montana Athletics sent me. I was so happy because it's like, that one's going in the story no matter what. Well, a great moment, though. It was a great
2: moment, and I was actually sitting with Tommy Martino on the flight back oh, and just good. watching him edit his photos yeah, yeah. and thinking, oh, my gosh, that, that's phenomenal. But uh, that, that was the highlight of the game. Garrett Graves scores as well. But this team is focused, and I think they kind of have, this sounds crazy, a little bit of an underdog mentality going into this week. Yeah. And I really think that they're going, hey, it's a different approach in the sense of we don't need to worry about anything else. If we play, if, if they're healthy, I mean, we've talked about this all year long with both teams and that's why your story encapsulated it. Great. Because I think the Grizz been dealing with injuries all year. And now for the cats, it's, it's more of a recent trend for totally. them, and who's going to show up on Saturday? Well, we're probably not going to find out till about 11.45, 11.30 when they're starting to take the field. So it'll be fascinating to watch, but for the Grizzlies, it was a complete effort, a dominant effort, and one that just goes to show that they're ready to go for this week.
0: No is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz. In studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. One thing I do
2: want to say, you mentioned the same start times. I did catch myself giving a lot of scoreboard updates, especially with what was going on in Bozeman, because that result obviously was kind of surprising to all of us, especially in Flagstaff, sinking 13-13 in the fourth quarter. Yeah. What's going on? So I set the stage to you, my friend. Tell me what happened in Bozeman.
0: Here's what's so funny is that you've seen Idaho Live. Yes. Idaho is is pretty talented. Idaho has several guys that are very talented. Trey Walker, the middle linebacker, and uh, Ahonu, number, the outside guy, there, yep. the buck, number yep. seven. Those dudes are are elite players in the Big Sky Conference. S- straight up, the Ahonu kid, he, uh, Amandre Williams is a first or second team all-league guy to me. And I think Ahonu's better. I, he's the best buck I've seen in the league. Unbelievably rangy, strong. But Idaho has a lot of guys that can play.
2: They're front seven, Bobby Hawk said it, leading best up to the least. Yes, best, best front seven, and it was on display.
0: So here's what here's exactly though, and I'm gonna have to go hard this here for a second. Talent and toughness are so far down the list of Idaho's issues, <laughs> and that then falls at the feet of of one element of the team. And and they have to find a way to get better leadership because I was thinking about it too. I've covered now seven Idaho games with Paul Petrino as the head coach. He has only had a timeout available in the last three minutes of a half twice in those seven games Ooh, because wow. of just burning it, you know, freaking out because of something's going wrong or a misalignment or this personal foul or whatever it might be. But it just seems like there's a loss of control because they have players. That said, the style that that Paul Petrino wants to play stems so much from his father, Pedro Petrino, the Hall of Fame coach at Carroll College. I think he has it stuck in his mind how he wants football games to go. Paul Petrino is very much like a lot of the defensive-minded coaches. He wants to win 17-13. to 13. They played a game, and they lured Montana State into their game plan where they were going to give the Cats one possession in the first half. And then when the Cats on their second possession of the first half threw a pick, now you're off and running. The Cats only had the ball twice in the first half. And, but they're just milking the clock. But the other thing is the, the Cats' style is almost fully based on breaking your will. It takes a lot longer to break Idaho's will. Mm-hmm. That then brings me into what is one of my keys for the game on Saturday. I don't think you can break Montana's will defensively. <laughs> You're shaking your head because it's exactly right. And vice versa for the Cats as well. And so I think that that's going to be a full-on stalemate, which then will have matriculating factors throughout the rest of the game. But that's all to say that... The cliche is that Montana State experienced a trap game. I don't really know if I believe in trap games, but I do think that Idaho lured Montana State into playing the style they want to play. I also think, as silly as it sounds, that one of the worst matchups in the league for the Cats is Idaho. I think Idaho's a bad matchup for several teams. Idaho's a bad matchup for UC Davis, too. I mean, they Idaho's a bad matchup for a couple they of the good teams. They took UC
2: Davis to the brink. Exactly. Seven point game was up.
0: Exactly. They just have a hard time getting over the top, but their style is good and they have good talent. I shouldn't say their style is good. Their style's defined. I don't think it's good. That's the issue. Um, but I also think there was some probably lingering emotions for senior day for 19 Bobcats and this game on the horizon and the fact that they've played um pretty darn flawlessly throughout the year. But more than anything, though, because Idaho controlled the possession count so early in this game, then Idaho took all the momentum into halftime because they scored right before the half. And then Montana State right tackle TJ Session goes out with what looks like a pretty serious lower leg injury. He's already blown his knee before. I don't want to correlate those two things, but it's it, you never like to see when a, a big lineman goes down like that. He was wearing a walking boot, not a brace. So maybe it is just a lower leg thing. But Brent Vegan said today he's going to be out. So that'll reshuffle Montana State's offensive line, heading into this rivalry. But then Isaiah Fonse does not emerge from the locker room. And then Elijah Elliott suffers an ankle injury like halfway through the second quarter. Now all, all of a sudden Montana State's kind of scrambling. Where do we go? Then Trey Walker blasts Matt McKay, and all of a sudden now you got Tommy Millot and Lane Sumner in your backfield ready to save the day. Lucky enough for the Cats. They did, and Tommy Watt scored his third touchdown to go up uh, 2013, and then when Idaho was pressed up against that south end zone, I mean, that was kind of the scene of the game. It's getting dark now early. The sun's setting. The lights are coming on. You know, the last moment of the senior classes' careers there. And I'm, they're going to play another home game, but it was a cool symbolism for what was otherwise a very ugly game.
2: Well, the way that that game transpired, right, we're, we're, the way that we were receiving the updates, you just get the score update, and then – a tweet or something that is out, McKay is out, and you're thinking, right. okay, what is going on over there? And, and I am with you on the trap game mentality. It's sure. it's such an easy narrative for guys like us or just sure. in fellow media outlets to just say, oh, easy trap game, after Eastern, before Montana. Well, it's not necessarily that. that might be a little factor as far as just coming sort out, of. but it's not. The,
0: the thing is, though, these co- the, the coaches of these really good programs, like the two that are, are at the Montana schools right now, they always say about the one week at a time mentality and it sounds like coach speak. It is coach speak, but it's how they coach their team. They really do. They really they aren't really hashing out playoff scenarios. They are like we are.
2: Uh, well, and it's and I can testament to this cuz I spend a lot of time with Coach Howe. Can I go in there each week. Go, oh, looks like, you know, and this is way back in October. Oh, you know, looking good. Top top 8 C by nationally. What do you think? He goes, I honestly haven't looked at any of this. Exactly. They they don't look at it whatsoever. Uh, We're going to get into this take as well, but I'm curious your thoughts on, we've talked about Brent Vegan a lot, right? With his first year getting integrated with all of this, and he's done a phenomenal job. Maybe coach of the year worthy job for what he's done.
0: Maybe, and Brent Brent Vegan will join us tomorrow right off the top four o'clock, so you can stay tuned for that. We got a little uh, one-on-one leading up to Brent Vegan's first Bobcat Grizzly game.
2: But I am curious with this week surrounding it, yep. that you just cannot replicate or know what is coming. No chance. And I wonder how much of a factor that will play a part in the preparation and on what happens Saturday. That's
0: exactly right. And we're going to get into some of the key factors a little later on here on the Montana Football Hour, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana TV. The other thing, that, I think that the one of the main factors you can't replicate, there's the energy, the atmosphere, the vitriol, the pressure, all that stuff. But until you see it in live action... It's impossible to comprehend that there's going to be a handful, if not two handfuls of guys in this game from the state of Montana that have lived their entire lives for this moment. And they will play so far outside of their minds. Now, 2019, Josh Hill's a great player. Josh Hill looked like Brian Urlacher. <laughs> <against, hey>, seriously, <laughs> though, did, man. like did. I mean, Braden Conkle looks so good, but, it, but the, you, you see guys rise up that level, the level you can get to, On both sides. I mean, we've seen some games by Montana interior defensive linemen that are just like the stuff of legend, right? Guys that it means the world, two are going to play outside their mind. And you can't game plan for any of that. So how do you then react? And and even
2: more to that, too, from us and people wanting predictions from us throughout the week, you can't predict what is going to happen Saturday for that exact reason, that guys are going to elevate their play to almost get to a place where they're playing outside of their body. That's exactly right. You know, and it's so cool. And I'm even getting goosebumps saying that because there will be moments on Saturday that – you will not be able to predict, that yep. you won't see coming, that are going to be the difference in who
0: wins this game. And and also, whoever makes the first big shot, that's what oh. coaches that have experience in this will always tell you. It's the, the game starts and the coaching starts after the first big play is made, right? Like, harken back to 2016, Brady Gustafson over the top, 60-yard something touchdown, and then after that, a complete slugfest. The alteration from what, I mean, at that exact moment when that pass hit, I was like, oh, my God, the Grizz are going to score 80. <laughs> Everyone thought in that or in that <laughs> and, building. And, and then the Cats have the ball for the next four years, it feels like, <laughs> truly. Yeah. But, but, I mean, but, you know, Corey Smith's kickoff to start the game, or uh, in twenty in 2008, uh, the, the backside blitz on, like, the second play of the game. I mean, that tone-setting hit, when does it begin, and then how do you settle in? after that. More on this matchup and one of the great matchups in all college football every year, but particularly the magnitude of this one. Pretty darn big time on the Montana Football Hour, but we have to touch on this briefly. The last two weeks has been perhaps the greatest marketing effort I've seen the University of Montana put forth in a great many years. Certainly the best under this current president, Seth Bodner, and this current athletic department, this this current uh, athletic administration, I should say. And so big-time kudos to them. Part part of my nature is just to be a cynic. That's what being a journalist kind of is, and I also gravitated towards journalism because I'm also sort of naturally cynical. <laughs> uh, the the, the small-town Montana guy in me never thought this was going to happen only because, uh, you know, that kind of stuff never happens to us. That's part of the reason I live here. That's why I kind of like it. But more than anything, I just thought there was going to be so many logistical things that would pull college game day somewhere else. That said there would have been a great benefit to Missoula, the University of Montana, and the state of Montana for this to happen. I do think the majority of that benefit has already been reaped, though, and I also think there is a little bit of a benefit to Missoula not getting college game day. Because now you're going to have people going after everybody on social media for a couple weeks, and it still gives you exposure. And so I I think that they did a good job of trying to garner exposure. And I also think that one of the words that's never used about The rivalry between Montana and Montana State is intimate. I think that's one of the best parts about it. It matters so much to the people of Montana. It doesn't really matter that much around the rest of the country. Sometimes it has national ramifications, but it doesn't have the eyes of the rest of the country like so many of the other big rivalries. That's why it's so cool, though. And I'm not really that disappointed that we're not letting the big dogs in here.
2: I love that perspective as far as the intimate setting and why it matters within the borders of this state so much. Wherever you live... The effort for College Game Day was nothing short of phenomenal. I think that everybody rallying together, and I know that you've got something from President Bodner that was yep. very, very fitting, I I think, and when you talk about the exposure that the university got, that there are are random college football fans around the country that maybe didn't know much about Grizzly football that do now because of this, and that is nothing but positive moving forward. It's more of like, hey, this is our rivalry. We don't need college game day to make this rivalry any more special. Yeah, we maybe wanted to share it with the world, but at the same time, it's nothing but good exposure, and even more so, I think... Definitely, Grizzly football and just the state of Montana and football is on the radar now. I do think they'll be back in a week where there is not the competition of a That's top right. 10 FBS game with playoff implications as well. Just call it what it is. And we've all heard different things, sources this, sources that. I know a couple people that have been within the game day walls for a couple years now that – said there was serious momentum for yeah. Missoula last week, and something happened, and it's something that might be out of the control. I've seen Desmond Howard and other people say, hey, we wanted to come to Missoula. But when you can think of, from a TV world, seven hours That's of right. game day going right into a four-hour broadcast on ABC, sometimes you just can't compete with that. But back to your point, I do think that it's already a success no matter what happens, and our rivalry doesn't need college
0: game day to make it more special. Where is Herb Street going?
2: To that game, Ohio that's State. Why. So, okay. So that's He's literally right there. Uh, this is
0: a behind-the-curtain look. Yeah. In terms of production and media, where you need to be at a certain time, yeah. m- one of my good friends who's been tracking this the whole time, he texted that to me last week. So, shout-out to Steve because you nailed it. He said, this comes down to one thing and one thing alone. Where Kirk Herbstreet is assigned to do color commentary, because correct me if I'm wrong, but he's the only one out of the college game day guys that also does broadcasting. Correct, yep. So when game day's over, whatever game Herbstreet's assigned to, he has to be able to get to. If he would have gotten assigned to the night game at Oregon, it would have been in the cards. As soon as they assigned him to the Ohio State-Michigan State game, that was it. And that was the big... Factor in all of this, because Oregon-Utah,
2: and behind the scenes, everyone was hoping, okay, that's the ABC primetime game. Need Oregon to win, need Utah to win. That'll be a big one. We thought that could be a good secondary game for them to go to, and they could send their number two team, let's say, to Michigan State, Ohio State, and try and make it work logistically. That was the only chance, and in theory, we we know this now in hindsight. It was obviously the number two choice, but Montana and for the game day to come here, they needed Ohio State or Michigan State to lose last week, so Herb Street could go to Oregon, Utah. They obviously chose the other way around, and he, I mean. They don't have to change anything. They are there. They will do the final half hour of the show from inside the horseshoe for the twentieth time, and then he just goes and instead of taking a plane, Coulter. He gets to go to the elevator and go up five flights that's, and go call the game.
0: That's exactly right. Montana Football Hour presented by Stockman Bank and Brett's RV and Marine. The Rivalry game is upon us. It's happening Saturday. How about you give back to a good cause while you're rooting on whatever team you're rooting for? The annual Can the Cats food drive is a friendly off the field food drive competition. Between Montana and Montana State, as well as the Missoula and Bozeman communities, there's Can the Cat places to drop off food or donations all across Missoula, all across Western Montana. More than 671,000 pounds of food was garnered last year alone. So, give to a good cause. You can find Can the Cats food drive drop spots MissoulaFoodBank.org. That's Missoula Food Bank. Dot org. Dive more into the matchup that will be coming to Missoula for the first time since 2018. Plus, we'll take a look around the rest of the Big Sky Conference. Riley Corcoran, Voice of the Grizz, in with me, Coulter Nuanas, back after this on Nuanas Now.
1: At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond.
0: showdown is set for the fiercest rivalry in the West and Western Montana will be the center of the Treasure State football universe this weekend. Hello, I'm Coulter Nuñez. Bobcats and the Grizzlies each picked up one more victory to set up one of the most anticipated rivalry matchups in years. Saturday in Bozeman, freshman quarterback Tommy Malat rushed for three touchdowns to boost Montana State to a 2013 win over Idaho as the Bobcats picked up their ninth straight win in their final regular season home game. Montana went to Flagstaff for the first time since 2016 and posted a 30-3 win over Northern Arizona. That that sets up a top 10 showdown between two of the best teams in the Big Sky Conference. A win for the third-ranked Five would sew up the first Big Sky title for Montana State since 2012, and a Grizz win would be number seven Montana has nine victories and an inside track on a playoff seed. Each team has almost certainly secured a playoff spot, and even the loser will almost certainly be playing in the postseason. Montana State has won four in a row and six of the last ten, dating back to 2010, and MSU has won four of the last five rivalry games in Missoula. Finally, Western Montana will host the Class AA State Championship between Billings West and reigning champion Missoula Sentinel on Friday night as well as the Class B Championship as Florence hosts Big Fork on Saturday. This 102.9 ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. had at Washington Grizzly Stadium over probably the last nine years. This show right here, I think it's going to be replaced on Saturday. Welcome back. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas. Broadcast right with my good friend Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Northwest Motorsport is new to Montana. They're located here in the Garden City at the corner of Stevens and Mount. You can also visit them online at NWMSRocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. Let's take a look quickly around the rest of the Big Sky Conference from over the weekend, uh, specifically in the scenarios that now exist. Eastern Washington beat UC Davis. I've been waiting for this, by the way. I know you have. I've been Uh, waiting for this. Sacramento State got past Portland State, so Sac State remains undefeated. They control their own destiny. They will share, uh, at least share, a part of the Big Sky Conference Championship if they beat UC Davis at the Cosway Classic this weekend. Montana State also number, uh, excuse me, 7-0 in Big Sky play, so that means they've won nine straight, but they sit atop the Big Sky standing, so a win against Montana would give Montana State at least a share of their first Big Sky title since 2012. Eastern Washington stayed alive in the play. I guess, that, that, I guess they, you could actually say they clinched a playoff spot with their win over Davis this last weekend. That drops Davis, to eight and two, but they already got that eight wins as well. So we got five teams with eight wins. I mean, you've been th- saying it all along. I, I
2: thought you said three or four teams are getting
0: it. Do, Now, do you? I still am so cynical that I seriously think that one of these teams is going to get left out.
2: I don't think so. With how they all are nationally, I, I I think five teams have already clinched, and you're now in the territory of saying, I think that legitimately, if things go right, four teams could be getting a buy. I yep. think it's almost a done deal that three are. Three. And with if the scenarios work themselves out... The winner of out,
0: the Bobcat-Grizzly game this Saturday is getting one for sure. The
2: winner of Sac-Davis is getting one for sure. I think that's true. And if Eastern wins, they get one for sure. Right, So you that would be
0: nine wins for Eastern? Yes. Okay.
2: So, to me, those are three games that win and you get a bye, and then I feel that Montana State's already locked a
0: bye. I think so, too. So, that would be four teams that could get a bye out of the top eight. So, here's the only scenario that I think could... Uh, well, So, I think that there is a scenario where... The loser of the Sac State-Davis game could be on the bubble, but Davis won't be on the bubble because they have an FBS win over Tulsa.
2: How can Sac State be on the bubble, though? Think about this. If there are three losses, okay, they have eight Division One wins, yep. and their three losses are to a ranked Northern Iowa team, right? to Cal, an FBS team, yep. and to a top-10 UC Davis team. How yep. do you leave that team out to Dayton 3? Because your name's Sac State. Nah.
0: I, I just am so interested in it. I think the fact that Sac State won, shared the league title, and and went to the playoffs in twenty nineteen actually really helps them.
2: They were a five seed then. They weren't disrespected then, and now, they're having a better year this year.
0: Yeah, they had more national prominence though because of it being Troy Taylor's first season, his candidacy for the Eddie Robinson Award, and Kevin Thompson's candidacy for the Walter Payton Award as a finalist. Uh, I don't know. I I just I I think you're trying to talk yourself into a scenario
2: where someone's out, but I truly think they're all five. I've already clinched. I think it's a done deal.
0: Well, I I I hope that that's true because I have always ranted about the lack of validity of, of the big sky. It's not a lack of validity. It's a lack of respect. I just I I think I probably have a little bit of a proximity bias for this, but I just think that the middle of the big sky conference is better than most of the rest of the country. Period.
2: I think so. I mean, you look at Portland State. I mean, yeah. Idaho is more than capable, as we've just talked about a
0: little bit ago. Sure. That NAU it, was okay. Yeah. With they're, they're healthy, it, they're good. They, they had their primary playmakers, yeah. for sure. Okay, well, so I guess this rivalry weekend, the good news is for all those teams playing. And by the way, you know, Bobcat Grizz is a huge rivalry. But the Cosway Classic has a lot of history behind it. It's almost their 70th matchup. I am mm-hmm. efforting Troy Taylor this week so I just think it's going to be... I want to talk to somebody around the big sky just about... You know, the rest of, of everything that's happening outside of the state of Montana. Yes,
2: there are. There, it's hard to believe, but there are games happening. Absolutely. Of the state this but
0: I also think that probably the team. So I, I actually, I'm coming around to, to agreeing with you that I think that five teams will get in. But I do think that the team. And again, I'm not demeaning the nature of this rivalry game we're going to be at on Saturday. But I do think that the team that has the most on the line on Saturday is Eastern Washington. I would agree with that. They cannot go into the playoffs, they were smoking hot. And now all of a sudden they've won. They lost two in a row. They can't lose to Portland State and limp in the playoffs on three game losing streak. I,
2: I will say this: Do you think they've already lost their edge, though? I mean, I already think win or I guess lose, it wouldn't be a
0: three game losing. Excuse me, because they did win this three last week. of four. Weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: But at the same time, I, I think they've already lost that edge. I think it went. I think it's went away to where. I don't know. Maybe I'll be eating my words on this. I I don't think people are as afraid of Eastern Washington as they were a month ago. They are clearly not playing their best, and I I don't know if a win over Portland State would justify that even further. Just playing devil's advocate.
0: Yeah, I mean, we talk. Here's what the other thing though: is is the injuries are such a narrative in Montana because we have so many journalists that are covering this stuff. Great point. And there's so much interest in it. You know. I haven't seen an extensive injury report. I mean, I wrote about all of the guys that have been banged up in my story yesterday. I have not seen that from Eastern Washington. The fact of the matter is, though, one of the main factors that didn't get written about hardly at all, I do not i didn't see it written about anywhere besides on Skyline Sports, was Jack Sendelbach is the best defensive player at Eastern Washington. He's one of the better defensive players in the league. He's a very good player. He played very well against Montana earlier this year. He didn't play against Montana State. That's how Montana – I mean, credit to the cat rushing game. But not having the inside linebacker, the best one of the best inside linebackers in the league, definitely has uh, an influence on it as well. But I, I think that we're both in agreement. Eastern Washington, uh, they need to right the ship on the way into the playoffs. I would
2: say, and I'm already going one step farther. Please line up southeastern Louisiana with Eastern Washington right. and watch a track meet go on between the two top candidates, maybe for the Walter Payton Award. But yes, I, I mean. Do, are we in agreement on the seating, like as far as there's a chance that four teams could get a seat? I mean, as far as yes. these games this weekend, so yeah. it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. I know nationally there were some crazy results, too. So we're weird because the Missouri Valley, they're kind of beating themselves up right now. Sure, and I think only one Missouri Valley team's going to get a seat.
0: One big sky note: The Southern Utah Thunderbirds played their last game of the Big Sky Conference era. They lost 62 to0 to Weber State. And today, Demario Warren, relieved of his duties as Southern Utah's head coach. Mutual parting of ways, they said. So um, that's the business. That's the way it goes. When you only win six games in five years, it's its not going to be anything but that. Uh, but just on a personal level, Demario Warren was awesome. He came on the show uh, so many times, and he was always classy, always a good guy. So, uh, so Utah, out of the big sky, their season is finished. 1-10 and this year for the Thunderbirds. They'll never be in the big sky conference again. They're on their way to the WAC, and they're on the search for a new head coach.
2: And not to be too cruel, and yes, I, I echo those sentiments with Demario Warren, but I think everyone in the big sky is going, see ya. Oh, oh no question. Oh, oh, and 8 never got a big sky
0: win, Yep. see you on the way out. <laughs> That's exactly right. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, Montana Football Hour, presented in part by Stockman Bank. When you bank with Stockman, you receive personal customer care and your phone calls always answered by a live person. Stockman Bank has highly skilled and personable bankers and staff dedicated to making it easy for you to blend all your accounts, meeting all your financial needs. They blend traditional Western values with modern convenience and state-of-the-art technology. Let Stockman Bank show you Montana's brand of banking today. A little is history and some of the key matchups in Saturday's game. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. This one is now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Led Zeppelin for you on a Monday. One of the best Mondays of the entire calendar year. Welcome back in. Nuana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuana's coming to you from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. So check out Northwest Motorsport online. NWMSROCKS.COM That's NWMSROCKS.COM Riley Corcoran, Voice of the Grizz. Joining me in studio. It is the Montana Football Hour presented by Brett's RV and Marine. Brett's RV and Marine, proud to be the largest of all Montana RV dealers. They currently showcase the best inventory in the state at volume discount prices. So stop by 4800 Grand Creek Road and start your next adventure with the premier RV dealer in Montana. If you're watching on TV or on YouTube, you see that I got a throwback ESPN the magazine with Tim Tebow on the cover. Why? Literally no reason besides that I couldn't hear it from all you people if I had anything that had to do with anybody that's playing in the game on Saturday. I wore a gray and red shirt earlier today. Without thinking about it. In fact, I wore it for one reason and one reason alone. It was my only clean shirt. <laughs> I wore it to, to the press conference today. Then I realized, oh my gosh, I'm going to be on TV. i got to find one of my white ESPN polos so nobody's getting all over me. This is how crazy all you people are, but we love all of the engagement and listening to us. So thanks for doing it. It's that
2: kind of week. You, have, right, to, you right. have to watch your wardrobe to make sure you're not leaning one way colder. I <laughs> I mean th- you, Don't I show any. About,
0: I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, when... The last time Montana State won in Cheney was in 2011. That was about halfway through my first season on the Montana State football beat when I was working at the Chronicle. That day, I had worn a baby blue uh, shirt. I did a hit on ABC Fox, which is now SWX, which we're on now, with one of my old buddies, one of our old colleagues, Jeff Everly. Oh, my gosh. The blue shirt. What's up, Brew? The (laughs) blue shirt was... American Eagle brand. There was a little eagle on the corner. I got like 100 emails the next day. Why are you wearing an Eastern Washington Aww. shirt? I was like, what are you talking about? I'm wearing a blue dress shirt. But it happened to have an American. Anyways, the passion of fans. Unrivaled. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the history of this game. Because the bragging rights are huge. You're always hearing about them. The overall docket in the previous 119 matchups favors the Grizzlies heavily. 73-41. to 41 Five times they've tied. So that's the overall record. But let's take a little bit more of a look at how it's gone throughout different eras. The Grizz were dominant in the first half a century of this rivalry, 42 to 15, leading up to 1963 when the Big Sky Conference uh, aligned. It's worth noting that in the early part of the rivalry, the two teams were in a similar division. Then for about 35 to 40 years of the rivalry, the two teams were not in the same division of college football. Montana was always one step ahead of Montana State. So justifiably so, the Grizzlies pounded the Bobcats for most of the first half of this rivalry. In the Big Sky Conference there, it's been a lot closer. Montana leads the series since 1963, 31-26. to 26. Of course, that was buoyed heavily by 16 in a row from Montana between 1985 and 2001. Since the streak was broken with the Cats' 10-7 to win in Missoula in 2002, it's 9-9 to since then. So in the modern era, this has been basically a stalemate. But I do find it fascinating that runs in this rivalry are so commonplace in the Big Sky Conference era. There's no portion of the era where it was like win, 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 back and forth. It's always two in a row, three in a row, four in a row, five in a row, six in a row. Like, even in the 70s, before the streak started, the Cats had two different six in a row. Then the Grizz have had multiple of four plus in a row since then. So it, it is sort of like chunks of time in which teams own this rivalry.
2: I, isn't that incredible from a momentum standpoint, it is too? Incredible. Because we all know that. This game is department wide as far as momentum is concerned. And For it sure. feels I just call it what it is. What's going on over in Bozeman with the university, and it, they've got a lot of momentum right now, do. and it echoes no with the football program and what they've done in this rivalry since. I think the key number is since the streak. I mean, all of those the great historical yep. side of things is nine to nine. Sure. I mean, since then, yeah, okay, the last four years have gone the Cats' way, yep. but realistically, since the streak was over, and since Montana State has raised their level. It's been dead even back and forth. I am more fascinated by that. And I was diving into the numbers before we got here today as well. Of the fact there are not alternating wins and losses as right. far as back and forth. And what's so weird too, and we'll get all the numbers throughout the course of the week here, but the road team has had more success. Exactly. I don't get that. I, I, don't I actually get it.
0: do get that. Okay. I think it's a it's a portion of the exposure that's come with the rivalry. I think it's easier. It's easier to harness the emotion within this game when you're the underdog and the team that's on the road is distinctly the underdog almost always. How about this year? That's such an interesting point, right? Because the Vegas line is that the Cats opened up as a favorite. I never in my life thought that I would see a Grizz team not be favored at home no matter who they play. This is a very good cat team. I still thought it was going to be Grizz minus two and a half because it's at Washington Grizzly Stadium for the first time since 2018. That factor brings in a couple points in general. So
2: it is intriguing to me. The only time the Grizz have ever been a home underdog that I can remember is when North Dakota State came in here Yep. and what happened then. So it's interesting because... Ah, yeah, when it comes to Washington Grizzly Stadium, you just think the Grizz are favorite. I was intrigued by that as well, and it is interesting, but just mindset coming in here. Yep. You, you've obviously followed both teams all year long. I've followed one for the majority, but I've always kept an eye on MSU. Yep. Who do you think within locker room walls feels they're favored going
0: into this week? Wow, that is such an interesting question. Because I don't know, the way that, that Brett Deegan is going about his business... Um, I think it's pretty. The, the The message is pretty clear. Like they have openly talked about being favorites in every one of the games that they've played since the Wyoming game. So if in fact they believe that they are the favorites, I think that they'll. I think that they're attacking this as as you would as as you are correct to do when you have such an older team. Montana State. Not only do they have outstanding seniors, but they got outstanding seniors that have been there for five, six, seven years. So this is an unbelievable. Uh, just in terms of longevity group of guys. So I do think you let those guys just sort of control that portion of the narrative. I also am very interested in what you think of of the Grizz mentality for this, because um, on one hand, I do think it would serve the Grizz well coming into this game on a four-game losing streak against the Cats, but having them at home, the style that they play, if they do play with a chip on their shoulder, if they do play with something to prove more than they already do, I think that's a huge advantage for Montana. But I'm just so interested in that because I've never known Coach Houck to think his team is an underdog against anybody.
2: Well, he corrected me the very first year we worked together. When they beat UC Davis, I go, man, what did it take to pull off the upset? He goes, let's get one thing straight. It's never an upset when the Montana Grizzlies win. That's exactly right. And That's that's
0: why he is the perfect fit for Montana's head coach, though.
2: But with that being said, I think that obviously things in the narrative have not gone their way the last four years where they're maybe embracing the fact more that they're taking the chip on their shoulder and saying, hey, nobody thinks you're going to win this game. I mean, or in the sense of, okay, it's more of a coin flip rather than having the weight of the world on your shoulders because we know we live here. The weight of the world is on Montana. Even leading up to this year before Montana State has went on a great run to be 9-1 and, and deservedly a top three team in the country, the pressure was all on Montana that you got to end the streak. Sharice has got in this year. You got him at home. Got Got to end it. Well, now I think they're embracing the fact saying, hey, Everyone's more talking about Montana State. They can think we're the underdog. Yeah. But I think it just takes the edge off, if that makes sense. It, a it
0: does. Bit. It's just, I'm just giggling because it's so hard for me to comprehend that a team that has Jace Lewis and Patrick O'Connell on it's an underdog against anybody.
2: Which is fascinating in its own right and why we love this game. It is a coin flip among so many different levels.
0: One other note that I, I didn't mention when we were recapping the NAU game, it's very clear to me that there's we've talked extensively about all the guys that have been out Patrick O'Connell and Jace Lewis and Alex Gubner never missed any time. It's very clear to me that they are much more fresh. Yes. They they Patrick O'Connell was back to September Patrick O'Connell. He was great in October, too. But he was, you know, like player of the year in the country good. <laughs> the first month of the season. He was back to that on Saturday. And Jace Lewis. Incrementally building, and I think he's peaking right now at the end of his senior season. That's a
2: great assessment. They're both peaking right now, and I think a lot of people throughout the course of a season, right— it's very easy to just look at the box score. This person has X amount of tackles. This person didn't play great because of the- what people don't know is in the month of October, Montana really limited those reps yep. for those guys. They weren't out there playing 90% of, of snaps to get them ready for this stretch run rather than just power through, maybe drive guys into the ground. So you might not have seen that production the same from O'Connell, Lewis, and, and others. Especially Governor is a, a beast right now, by the way. Five Absolutely. TFLs the last three games. The nose spot. You know those nose guys don't get any but stats. So I-
0: Dude, He's you guys see that's that, I, we were talking comparing and contrasting rosters. I think two of my favorite guys to watch play on these two teams are Chase Benson of Montana State and Alex Governor at Montana,
2: which is great. You got to love those big guys. And I mean, they're, they're going to play a factor in this game too. It is, oh man, you're getting me all excited. Do we really have to wait for Saturday
0: <laughs> for this now? Montana Football Hour presented by Stockman Bank of Montana, 36 locations around the state of Montana. Stockman Bank is only in Montana, and they plan on keeping it that way. Let us Stockman Bank show you Montana's brand of banking today. Quickly, let's go through a couple of the key matchups, and I'm going to have a series of stories, five stories this week, diagnosing some of the biggest matchups in this game. But first and foremost, I think that the two primary matchups, which is always the case, but particularly in this matchup, because each of these teams are so strong in one area, and each of these teams are potentially, if not certainly, going to have in- inexperienced players in- on one area, it's the fronts versus the fronts. I think that the Bobcats and the Grizzlies, I don't know who has a better defensive front. They're the two best in the league by far, by far. I think that they have, uh, I think that we're going to see five of the eight best linebackers in the entire league in this game. I mean, maybe all five of the I best I was just going to
2: say, I mean, you got Trey Walker and Sendel back. I mean, I get those <laughs> two, but. Totally.
0: And Kelhan and O'Reilly might be the one flex guy out of the, and he's had a great year. He's third in the team in tackles, but. Jace Lewis, Patrick O'Connell, and and Mar- and um, um, J- Pat- Jace Lewis, Patrick O'Connell, and Troy Anderson are three of the best linebackers in the United States of America. Period. Period. Seriously, like most levels of football. Like I seriously think that Jace Lewis and Troy Anderson could both play at whatever level of football they wanted to. Um, but then you talk about the offensive lines. Montana State's offensive line has been a strength, but they are potentially, if not certainly, going to have a reshuffling with TJ Session out at right tackle. If that's the case. They can't go with Rush Reimer, the true freshman. Not not his first starting Bobcat Grizz game. Not not happening. So they'll move Taylor Tuayasa Sopo, their all big sky guard out to right tackle, and then play somebody else on the inside. Maybe Cole Sain, a former Grizz who now plays for the Bobcats. Oh, that'd be a juicy Maybe Joey McElroy, Missoula Loyola product. But who knows? But that's certainly a hit to the Cats because the Grizz are so good on the front seven. But on the flip side, AJ Forbes has been banged up. Chase Benson, one of the best interior guys in the country. Brandy Casey might make his next start at, at right tackle. Who knows? Dylan Cook was at the press conference today. I don't know if that's indicative of anything, but there's an opportunity at least that Montana might be shorthanded on the offensive front. You talk about Benson, Daniel Hardy, Mondrian Williams, Troy Anderson. The front for the Cats is very intimidating as well. So who takes advantage more of the inexperience that might exist on the offensive front? I think that's a huge matchup in this game.
2: Huge matchup. And, I, and to break it down even further, I think that the one – Just stylistically, the one area that it's going to determine this game is can Montana State rush the football like they have been all year long and like they have been the last four times against Montana because that's an absolute strength for the Grizz and and the Cats have had the formula the last couple years against them. For Montana this year, their rush defense is top five in the country. They have not allowed a team to run for 100 yards in any of their wins this year. That's kind of the magic number to me, and we know the Cats run for over 200 a game. Strength on strength. That's what's so cool about this matchup. There's not many strengths on weaknesses where there's going to be areas that are exposed. I I see it, Coulter, that there's a ton of strength on strength battles. May the best man win. May the best team win. That's why it's so fascinating. We can break down the matchups all we want, but we we know this rivalry well enough. I think it's going to come down to X factors, special teams, trick plays, all of those things to gain an edge, especially if both offenses cannot move the football against these stellar defenses it might take a trick play. It might take something right. on special teams, right. and especially the ultimate X-Factor. This is easy for us to say, but truly in this game, turnovers. And, and possessions gained and lost is really going to be probably the difference.
0: Riley Corcoran, Voice of the Grizz, joining me, Coulter Nuanez, in studio. We recorded a podcast earlier today as well, Inside the Den Podcast. You can find it all your podcast hosting platforms as well as the Varsity Network app where you can also find all Riley's great work for his play-by-play as well as all of his podcast stuff. So go check that out. You also have the Inside the Den as part of the Big Sky Breakdown podcast series this week as well. We're marching through the Montana Football Hour, which is presented in part by Brett's RV and Marine. Stop by 4800 Grand Creek Road. Start your next adventure with the premier RV dealer in Montana. A couple others, and I know we got to kind of get out quick because our good buddy Marty Morningweg just walked in the door. So Monday afternoon, quarterback with Marty Morningweg. First of all, I got to reemphasize. I thought more about your question while you were responding to me about the, the underdog or not in this game. I actually think neither side of these. I, I think neither side thinks they're the underdog. I think that's an awesome thing. That's. Awesome. I, I don't think that Troy Anderson is going to let anybody tell him anything but that he is the favorite in every game he plays until his bobcat career is over.
2: And same with Coach How. and any Coach halk that's led exactly team right. that they are never an underdog and that's exactly you can right. tell that that locker room that the same thing. I, that's I why. I,
0: that's why I love some of the premier figures in this game too because of their elevated level of maturity. Daniel Hardy and Chase Benson and Troy Anderson and Jace Lewis and Patrick O'Connell and Robbie Houck, they all have this incredible sense of belief in themselves, their teammates, and their team. I think that's what's going to make this such a huge show. And what's
2: fascinating, all those guys that you said,
0: defensive players. Exactly. That's exactly right. Defensive players. Exactly right. So then my other two huge matchups in this game, you mentioned special teams. I absolutely agree with that. Fronts versus fronts for sure. But I think the other two are... How does Matt McKay handle his first cat Grizz? Because Matt McKay has been shaky sometimes. He's been good sometimes. He can be great. He's had a hard time harnessing greatness consistently. But kid from Raleigh, North Carolina, who's never even been close to something like this, and uh, it's going to be shaking and hanging from the rafters on Saturday at Washington Grizz. So how does he handle it? And then I think the last one is the biggest factor in this game. Bobby Houck has been involved as a coach, I guess, in as many as 13 Bobcat Grizzly games. Sounds Does that sound right? right? Sounds right. Brett Vegan has been involved in zero. I think Brett Vegan has a okay gauge on it. There's no way you can gauge it. It's like I was saying off the top. You ne- you have no idea how you're going to react, game plan wise, game adjustment wise, energy wise, when the dude on the other side is playing like an NFL All Pro because he he's you know from Big Timber and he's just loving it. You know what I mean? So you, it's, it's just a matter of. How do you adjust? But I do think that the settling in for a few of the less familiar Bobcat people, considering where they're playing and what's on the line, is going to be another key factor.
2: And there's not much time to settle in to this game. That's exactly By the right. time you figure it out, it could be too late. My question to you before we go, will Montana State kick to Malik Flowers? Wow, that's a great one. That could be the ultimate x He's had one kick return Yeah. since the Eastern Washington game, six games. I ago.
0: can't wait. So Montana State's defense has been so good they haven't had to have very many kickoffs. So because of that, though, they've gotten away with... Wait till you see their kickoff team, man. The only non-all-league caliber guy that's not on it is Troy Anderson. They play Daniel Hardy, Callahan O'Reilly, Trey Webb. That's
2: Montana-esque. Bobby (laughs) Halkes, they put all their All American guys out there, too.
0: Absolutely. And that's so it's like maybe you do kick just because you haven't given up a kick return all year, but that could be a huge X factor as well.
2: Man, I can't wait for this week. You did such a phenomenal job. My PSA, you had a couple off the top. Follow all the Coulter's work this week, man. man. We we live for this week, and... uh, One thing about it, we are busy. We have so much going on right now. I'm about to go call a basketball game from a football booth. But you know what? We all deserve this this week. Let's all enjoy it in the the best way possible. It's a healthy rivalry. Let's keep it that way. Enjoy it, my friend. We'll be in touch throughout the week.
0: And last point on this game, bring on the cold front. Why is it 65 degrees? (laughs) This is killing me. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, Montana Football Hour, presented in part by Stockman Bank. Let Stockman Bank show you Montana's brand of banking and in part by Brett's RV and Marine, locally owned and operated for more than 50 years, the premier RV dealers in the state of Montana. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you, the Monday afternoon quarterback with Marty Morningweg. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio.